When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working, and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality, and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, everyone. This is Anne-Marie Cross with you again today. We have got another episode, episode 131. Now, you may not realize, but a recent report stated that 70% of women-owned businesses in the U.S. generated $25,000 or less in revenue in their business. And I'll put a link to the report in today's show notes so you can download it later. Well, my guest today is Lisa Alexander. She's known as the marketing stylist, and she's also the owner of Pretty Work Creation. LLC. She's also an author and an incredible speaker. Now, after learning about this report, Lisa created a hashtag, hashtag Crush25K, to bring awareness to this number for women who want to move out of that 70%. She's also an advocate for joint venture strategies. And this is a great strategy to grow our income. And on today's show, Lisa's going to share how leveraging joint ventures can grow your business and increase exposure. What a drama-free joint venture project looks like, how to create one, and much more. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. I'm very glad to be here. Fantastic. Now, that statistic, 70% of women-owned businesses in the U.S. generating $25,000 or less. Wow, why is this such a large number? A couple of reasons. One, you have to consider that some women are in their businesses just so that they can bring in extra income to their family. Mm. They're not looking to have, I won't say thriving careers, but they just want to be able to stay at home, still go to the baseball games, you know, be mom in their roles. So $25,000, that's about all they want to do. No more, no less. There's As your business grows, so do the responsibilities, things of that nature. And so some women are just very comfortable 25k that's all I want to do that's mm-hmm. all we need for our house the second reason is sometimes it's still a little difficult for women to find capital to expand their businesses and so it's still a big issue here stateside mm-hmm. is for women finding capital for angel investors people to invest in their businesses and develop their products even further so that they can take it to the next level so those are the two issues that I see mm-hmm. One, women, they're quite happy where they are. 
don't want to do anymore and then to really trying to find that funding yeah and I love the way that you've now become an advocate and you're getting behind this and saying hey women who want to take their business to the next level but are stuck here's how you do that and of course you've created that hashtag crush 25k so before we start talking about joint ventures why not share a little bit more about this this hashtag crush 25k how we can get involved and, and when we follow along with that hashtag the kind of things that we're going to see When you follow hashtag crush 25K, there will be information or tips on how women can break out of that 25K. If that's your goal, if world domination is your goal and you want to, you know, make so much more than that, then we follow that hashtag. It's a support for one another. And then I'm a firm believer in joint ventures, especially with Twitter. I've met some incredible people on Twitter. You can connect with other women, maybe even start your own joint venture so that you can crush that 25K ceiling that 70% of women seem to have here in the States. Yeah. And I I love the fact that uh, we're going to dive deeper into today's show about how to leverage joint ventures, because I'm sure there's a lot of horror stories of people that have partnered with another person. And of course, unfortunately, the results that they had expected didn't quite come to fruition. But I know as women, and I don't sort of want to generalize, but I know that often we like to work with other people, we like to brainstorm, and looking at a joint venture with our business. and and joint venturing with someone else opens up the possibility to working with another person, perhaps someone who is in a complementary business. So just give us an overview. Joint ventures for someone who has not yet heard the term, was not really familiar with it, what is a joint venture? A joint venture is when two people come together for a common cause and we're going to work together. Here's the project. Here's the goal. We're going to work together for this goal and joint ventures are usually temporary. They can go very long term, but usually short term. We've got this project. We're going to knock this out. Here's our goal completed. And then we're done. Mm -hmm. And so this happens on small scales Two moms coming together. We're going to get the kids shuttled off somewhere. You work together to get that done or on a very large scale where you have two businesses coming together and we're going to put our service together so that we can go after a very huge contract. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so, as I mentioned earlier, I'm sure some people have tried to go down the path of joint venturing and maybe it didn't come out quite as expected. Do you have any personal collaboration nightmares that you can share? I interviewed and talked to quite a few women and I have, you know, people in my personal circle who told me, there's like, I will never, ever work with another woman owned business again. Wow. The experience was so horrific, so painful. They just swore off it. I have two friends who were like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And even in the report, you know, there were women who were saying, I don't want to do this. I don't have these kinds of issues when I work with men. I just don't want to do it. And unfortunately, you have those kinds of situations where we didn't have good communication on the front end or maybe everybody wasn't up front about what it was that what it was that they could or could not do. Mm -hmm. 
that's when you end up with nightmare situations. Yeah, I think expectations of both parties, that really has to be looked at and some ground rules, some expectations need to be laid down. We don't want to assume and often we can miss really getting specific on that and, and down the track, of course, then things get missed and then we start playing the, the, the blame game. So it's really good to identify, okay, what were some of the issues? Because I know that we're going to, to dive deeper into, okay, so what does a drama-free joint venture project look like and the reason I talked about that is because some women may exactly like some of the feedback that you've got be thinking I've done joint ventures before they don't work I'm never going to do them again and they could really be (laughs) saying no to the next potential multi-seven you know or multi-six or even seven figure business idea and so I don't want that to happen to our listeners so what do you think needs to be put into place to ensure that a joint venture is drama-free and really works a win-win for both parties. Interesting. And part of the survey that I I conducted, over 50% of the women who did these joint ventures, they were happy in their joint venture. So that means that it was a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. It means that they had good partners, there was good communication, and they had picked a good collaborative partner. So women are, we are doing it right. Some of us are really doing it right. And so to have a drama-free joint venture means that you have to have some good communication going in. And what I suggest personally is doing a variation of a SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. So you know what your strengths are, what the other person's strengths are, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses. And so when then when you come together, there are no surprises. Well, I thought you and you were very right when you talked about making assumptions. That's something you never do in a joint venture. Well, Mm -hmm. I thought this or, you know, I thought I heard you say that. You get very clear on a joint venture and know what the expectations are and know that if, if you can even fulfill them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think sometimes as women, we tend not to want to broach or encroach on someone else. And so some of those difficult conversations we tend to then want to avoid. But in a joint venture situation, we really do need to lay it on the table, have the conversation, because sooner or later, it's that thing that we wanted to avoid may just be the factor that has the joint venture crumble. Yes. Exactly. One of the things I tell women is that you have to speak up. We all have different personalities. You have some women who are very type A, you know, very dominant. Mm -hmm. And then you have other women who don't like confrontation at all. And can we just all get along kind of mentalities. But the one thing you don't want to do in a joint venture is to not speak up because then you harbor resentment that, you know, that's where things can begin to go very wrong. And so you have to be comfortable or Play the role if you have to and speak your mind so that for the sake of the project, because both of your names are on the line Mm. for this project. So speak now, forever hold your peace. It's that kind (laughs) of thing. You really do have to speak up in these joint ventures. There's no bottling up and it's like, well, you know, I'm not going to say anything or I don't want to offend or, you know, they're not going to listen to me anyway. You have a voice. If you're in this joint venture, 
you have to speak up. Yeah, you absolutely. Hate yourself. You hate yourself in the morning if you don't say. Yeah, it. and I think you know, in the situation where someone already is in a joint venture relationship, that that is so very important. But this really identifies the importance of doing all the groundwork first before you get into the relationship, before you sign on the dotted line, because if there are some things that there are going to be significant differences between the two, maybe the joint venture is not the right choice for you at that this time. And quite often women, when we look at other people and say, oh, well, I really like that person. Just because you like someone doesn't mean the joint venture is going to work. And in fact, you know, I'm just speaking with someone at the moment. We are very different. I love marketing. She hates it. She loves sales. I don't particularly like that. Now, sometimes opposite skills work really well. What's really important is that our core values are the same. And I think that that's such an important aspect to be aware of that sometimes we may say no to a joint venture which could work very well because our strengths are quite different yes exactly and in those cases Emory if you do have somebody with two different strengths or or, let's say two very strong-willed natures Mm. in a joint venture you can always bring in the third-party mediator that's her role in the joint (laughs) venture is to keep peace yes You can write your joint venture. I mean, again, you have to remember what's important. What's important at the end of the day is crush 25K. If that's, again, if that's what you're after, world domination, then I can certainly work through whatever issues in order to get the project done. It doesn't mean I have to compromise any core values. You do want to make sure that everybody has, you know, similar core values. But if you've got two very strong personalities and sometimes that happens, Please bring in that third person who knows how to keep the peace. And that is their role in that Mm. venture. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you're saying is to bring up the topic of conversation sooner rather than later, because quite often we'll tend to, oh, you know, we don't like that. And we try to sweep it under the carpet. Now, if that's the case, if you don't want to to bring it up, bring in a, a third person who can certainly be the go between. And I think that that would work really well, because often we get stuck in our own mindset. And mm-hmm. by having that third person to allow us to kind of see, other things that might be blinded to us could be the solution that we're looking for yes exactly because again it's like keep the end in sight mm. yeah. keep the end in sight i know it's you're if, especially when you're in the thick of a venture and i still haven't seen the project that goes 100 percent right all the time i still haven't experienced it as long as i've been you know in business and working with women i haven't seen the perfect project yet something always happens and so you have to when those things happen still see the end in mind and then be able to work together to solve whatever the issue is and again, get to the end goal. Mm, I love that. And I know we're just going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And I know that you've got some strategies to share on if we're looking at uh, doing a joint venture, some tips and strategies to help us uh, create one as well as some success stories about projects that went right. Because love those success stories because we can model what they have done when we are approaching our, uh, our joint ventures too. So can't wait for you to share that, Lisa, after the break. Sure. Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Cross. Are you a coach who's struggling to grow her coaching practice? 
You're confused about marketing and how to boost your visibility and the thought of having that sales conversation? Well, that just about sends shivers down your spine. Guess what? You're not alone. In fact, hundreds of coaches that I've spoken to struggle with the exact same things, which is why I created my weekly show, Coaches Connection Podcast. So whether you're just starting up your coaching practice or maybe you've been in business a while, Coaches Connection Podcast is devoted to helping you take your results to the next level. So head on over to www.coachesconnectionpodcast.com where I'll teach you the right business and marketing strategies so you can grow a successful, profitable coaching practice. That's www.coachesconnectionpodcast.com helping you take your coaching practice to the next level. Alrighty, so if we're thinking about creating a joint venture, what are some things that we need to consider first, Lisa? All right, I have a list here. So some things to consider if you're going to do a joint venture and the level at what you do, if it's someone that you know and you've worked with before, you lifelong friends, there's some things you may or may not have to do depending on the, the project. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I always tell, tell ladies is assume nothing. Mm-hmm. Just assume nothing. Get everything written down. I thought you were going to do that. I thought you were going to make that phone call. I thought you had this. No, you said you had it. Assume nothing. Write everything down. The scope, who's doing what, who's in charge. If it's two different businesses and you know your team is going to take care of X, Y, and Z and your team has A, B, and C, we'll write that down. Yes. Assume nothing in a joint venture. Communication is so important, especially when you start when you have complex joint ventures. Now, there was a young lady and I, she calls herself the small business whisperer, and I absolutely love her name. Her name is Kyra. Mm-hmm. And Kyra and I worked on a project together. We were working on sales funnels. You know, we all in business, you have your sales funnel. And so we needed a project. We wanted to get more people in our funnel. And so we did a webinar together. I reached out to her online, met her on LinkedIn. We had some conversations and it's like, hey, let's do a webinar together. I really like what it is that you have to say. And so, again, remember, joint ventures don't have to be long, lengthy projects. They can be short term. Mm -hmm. For Kyra and I, it was just a matter of let's do this webinar. We'll go back and forth. You build your email list. I build mine. You know, we can share some information. Ta-da. I get to offer great content to my listeners. She gets to expose her brand. And so it can be just that simple. But again, you don't want to assume anything. Imagine if I had gone into very short joint venture, but had never given her any information or what the title was or just assume she knew when to show up. You can't assume anything. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. Now, if you've got a more complex joint venture in the report, that I created, there was three PR firms that got together and they pitched a very large grocery chain here in the States and they got the gig. Wow. Now, because that project was probably more complex on the services that they would have to offer. And again, Mm -hmm. it's three PR firms. And so, you know, somebody had to say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you do the other and we'll get it all to work. In some cases, you'll need to get an attorney involved just for 
to make sure that everybody is covered. Yes. Um, especially if you start talking about it, especially here in the States, if you're going to do a partnership, you know, an LLP, something, it can be short term. Definitely you want to talk to an attorney for if it's a bigger and much complex joint venture and if it's going to last for quite some time. You know, it's, it's a nice size joint venture. Those are really nice and those will definitely crush 25K. So if you can get in on one of those or meet someone, those will change your life. That yes. will be a game changer for wow. you. Yes. And I think getting a solicitor or some kind of legal representation is so very important because with a complex joint venture, we'll often be able to position you to get some serious revenue generated. And so you really need to have all of the T's crossed and the I's dotted to ensure that all partners who are contributing to that joint venture are going to be covered and expectations are unknown for sure. For sure, exactly. And then the third thing, again, we talked about it, is that everyone define what their strengths and their weaknesses are, what your business is capable of, what yours is not, and you fill in the gaps for each other. And that's what a joint venture or collaboration really is, is coming together and we're going to fill in the gaps to meet a customer's need. And then we, everybody gets a piece of the pie, as they say. And so you really want to define what those strengths are, what those weaknesses are, so that you can be good matches for each other and serve your client. Mm, Yeah. What happens in the instance, Lisa, where you do a strengths and weakness analysis and it becomes quite obvious that one partner of the joint venture is going to need to put in a a lot more resources and Mm. time commitment than, say, the other? Would it be fair then to approach the joint venture if you're looking at a revenue split to kind of compensate for the amount of work that each partner brings to the table? Oh, definitely. And remember, we're business women. And so we can have those kinds of grown up conversations without getting our feelings hurt. You you can't bring those feelings into those kinds of situations. If another partner is going to be doing the bulk of the work, then of course, they would get the bulk of the resources. And that just happened to me. I'm working with a web company, a web firm, and we just pitched a huge company for their work. I mean, it was probably to date, it is the biggest proposal that I have ever put out in my life. It was, it's a huge job. (laughs) And so, I mean, it's huge. I mean, we're talking, it's, it's big. And so they're going to be doing the bulk of the work. And so she said, Lisa, well, how about this split? This is how we typically do it because my role is going to be not as, I don't want to say not as important, but it's like, they're going to be doing the bulk of the work. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, So the split that we came up with was amicable. Everybody agreed. And that's what you do. So, I mean, there there should be no big surprise there. Yes. And that really needs to be written into the documentation that's prepared, whether you get a solicitor prepared or whether you document something between the two partners. Is that kind of what you're speaking about, talking about? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you have, again, you have these conversations up front. It's the groundwork that you do. You know, you clear the air, ask all the hard questions, all the the things that are, are potentially threatening or could 
Just dismantle the whole thing. You want to ask those questions. You want to ask the hard questions. Well, what if this? What if that? What happens when? It's like, how do we dissolve? And especially if you're talking about a partnership with friends, and it's like, we do want to remain friends. And when this is over, is that, you know, that is part of the deal here. It's like, we can still be friends once this is over. So you just definitely outline everything. Leave no question unanswered, you know, just talk about it, ask the hard questions, Mm. and then make the decision. And you don't always have to. That's the beautiful thing. If it doesn't look like it's going to work, you don't have to pursue it. You can say, I don't think it's going to work. And, you know, maybe we can bring somebody else in, or we just not go after this at all. You know, there are different solutions. You can handle it. Yes. And as you were talking about the SWOT analysis, and for those of you who are not or have not heard the term, of course, we're talking strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. What you're talking about now is having a look at some of those threats, the risk management. And often we don't really like to, to, to look at, OK, what could go wrong? What do we need to prepare ourselves for or expectations, the risk? Because it kind of seems Oh, to be negative. But I think in this instance, we need to because we may identify something that could cripple the the joint venture down the track. But the good thing is, we can then look at, okay, so how can we, what can we put into place? What can we do to avoid that becoming a, a threat? So looking at threats, looking at the negatives in this instance, and even for business, it is really an important step, isn't it? It really is. Because that will keep your company in business, to not look at those threats, not only will you not make 25,000K or be able to crush it, it may completely destroy your business if you don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong and how can we prepare for that? You know, and then if just, you know, the unforeseen, well, you can only prepare so much, but you do have those conversations. What could go wrong for Kyra and I? What if the internet goes away? You know, what if there's a power outage? You know, you have those kinds of conversations. Do you have a backup plan in place? Is there somebody else you know, that can cover for you. Let's say, you know, the worst happens and you get ill and you can't and you can't do it, you know? Yes. Do you have a contingency plan? Mm, yeah. You know, a few people that I have networked with and business owners who are in business strategy and the finance, they'll often say, what is your succession plan? And being honest here, sometimes I think, well, I don't have a succession plan or an exit strategy because I love what I do and I, I'm hoping, you know, God willing, that I'll have many more years in my business. But I think what you said is so very important. When we're going into a joint venture, it's not just ourselves, it is another business partner and so we need to have this all laid out in case something happens you know what is going to happen if for some reason the the joint venture needs to come to an end who takes over what is it going to be sold is the option there for the other partner to take over this all needs to be discussed before you get to a stage where this decision needs to be made yes exactly and that's for those big joint ventures those very those complex Mm. joint ventures if Some don't require that level of analysis and research. Some don't allow for that. And that's okay. But those that do, you definitely don't want to skimp on any of your homework. You have to address those hard issues. You have to ask the hard questions. And if you haven't answered that succession or exit strategy question, there comes a time in every business you have to. You have to have that conversation with yourself. Mm. What happens? 
Yeah, yeah. And maybe even because with some of these larger, longer term joint ventures, maybe putting into the plan, okay, so in you know, maybe two years or three years, we're going to revisit this partnership Let's or, yep. or joint venture. Let's see, do we want to evolve it or, or what happens? So if you put it in there, you're not going to have to broach, oh, I don't really want to continue on. You know, it's kind of something there. It's expected. This is the conversation we're going to have. And both parties are, are, are happy then to, to have that conversation. Right. And then definitely you want to have a timeline Mm -hmm. and, you know, put that in your timeline. We're going to review. We're going to revisit in a year. We're going to revisit in six months because maybe it's not working. Maybe the client has absolutely lost good sense, you know, and you don't want to have anything else to do with this client or maybe the client goes out of business. I mean, there are so many variables that can happen. Mm -hmm. And so you put in the timeline and it's like, let's revisit. Let's make sure everything is still going smoothly. Everybody still has good use of their faculties. You know, I still want to do business with you, that kind of thing. We'll revisit in six months. Yeah. Fantastic. And of course, Lisa, you've mentioned a report that you've done, a survey that you've done. And of course, we'll put a link to that report in the show notes. And for those of you who want to download that report, as well as the other report I referred to earlier on the show, just go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES131 and uh, you can download that report. Just before we finish up and get your details, Lisa, and how people can connect with you to find out further information about uh, joint ventures and, and how we need to set them up for success by doing certain things we've spoken about today and I'm sure you provide far more information. With the research that you have done, are there any other key elements that were in place for joint ventures that gave the feedback that yes this was a win-win and I would certainly look at doing other joint ventures as well is there any other things that were relevant and put into place that we may not have spoken about already I think what was amazing to me was the amount of women the number of women who said that they would collaborate again and the women who had bad experiences still said that they would collaborate again. They still thought it was one of the best ways to grow your business and to get exposure. And so to, you know, overcome the the nightmares that some women have, some of them were able to say, you know what, it went really, really bad, but I can see the good that comes out of this and that it can work with the right person. So I think that uh, 77% of the women who were surveyed said they were very likely to do a collaboration with it, even within the next 12 months at the time of that particular survey. Fantastic. So Lisa, how can people get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is through the website. So it's www.themarketingstylist.com. Fantastic. And of course, um, we'll put all of the links, the website, and of course, we'll put also put your Twitter handle on the website. And of course, the, the hashtag and the hashtag yes. again. What is it, uh, Lisa? Hashtag crush 25K. Hashtag crush 25K. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Lisa. It's a, a topic that I know many people are talking about, you know, joint ventures, because it's such a great way to collaborate and um, grow businesses. And, and I think uh, it's a topic that uh, many of our listeners are going to be interested in. So thank you so much for coming on the show. You're very welcome, Anne Maria. was glad to do it. 
you go. Joint Ventures is a way to take your business to the next level. And again, to uh, download the reports and to, to access the survey that Lisa has done with many of the business owners who have joint ventured, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES131 because today is show number 131. And please reach out to Lisa because she's certainly an expert in this area. And just again, let's go over how you can get in contact with Lisa, www.themarketingstylist.com. And uh, you can find out all the information about her and her incredible services. Now, what do you think about the message that Lisa shared today? Have you previously done a joint venture and prior to listening to her share her expertise thought, "Mm, I'm never going to joint venture again? Well, what have you, have you changed your mind? Are you now going to look at some of the things that maybe you hadn't put into place in a previous joint venture and you can see now that, oh, okay, we had not laid out our expectations, we had not put some key parameters in place and that was one of the reasons why, unfortunately, the joint venture went sour or maybe joint ventures is only something that you are just starting to think about. What action are you going to take? Why don't you go ahead and leave a comment just down below the show notes. There's a section there where you can uh, leave your comments, you can put down your intention and uh, I'm sure Lisa and I will check those out we always love to hear from you. Now, if this is the very first time that you are listening to today's show, we hope you found incredible value. Why don't you go ahead and subscribe to iTunes, rate the show and uh, leave a comment there. It's always great. And by doing that, you help us share the show with other ambitious entrepreneurs for now. Till next week, have a fantastic week. Be brilliant and look forward to connecting with you again then. Bye for now. This is Anne-Marie. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.